Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, we're going to be headed back over to England to explore an urban legend. Or is it an urban legend? Well, tonight we're going to be talking about the devil's footprints. If you aren't aware of that, or if you don't know what that is, well, you might find this very interesting. And if this is your first time here, I'm your host and curator of all things strange and unexplained, Anthony Rossetti. And you're listening to Not Another Horror Podcast. In 1855, England suffered its coldest winter yet. Rivers, which had never frozen before, suddenly turned solid as stone. On February 8, 1855, the residents of Devon County in England woke up to a blanket of freshly fallen snow. But it wasn't the precipitation that took residents by surprise. It was what they found imprinted in it. There, stretching on for more than a hundred miles, was a trail of footprints. You see, the tracks leveled up to doors and across roofs, through haystacks and over 14-foot walls. They even crossed the River X. And they appeared to be made by something that was bipedal and had cloven hooves. The hooves, legend has it, cut right through the snow and nearly to the ground below almost as if they had been burned there. While you might not find this unusual, with goats and things like that to be expected in the countryside, these footprints were up to four inches long, and the creature, whatever it was, seemingly walked on two legs. To be a little bit more precise, the devil's footprints covered a distance between 40 and 100 miles, and were between 8 and 16 inches apart. And while some were described as 4 inches long, most were in fact only an inch half, or 2 inches. Reports of the phenomenon came from across Devon, mostly centered around the Exus statuary in the east and south of the region. And for all my UK listeners, I'm sorry if I mispronounce any of these. There were reports of such satanic footprints as far away as Dorset, the next county to the east. The tracks were mostly straight with no objects seemingly phasing whatever creature was responsible. Smoothly moving over haystacks, houses, and rivers, the footprints appeared everywhere. And according to some reports, 
Some were directed towards the country house of the Lord of Exeter. At the time, this was Brownlow Cecil, the fourth Marquess of Exeter. This whole ordeal caused a mass hysteria in the town, some even writing letters to the editor of the Exeter and Plymouth Gazette. One of the letters read as follows. Sir, Thursday night, the 8th of February, 1855, was marked by a heavy fall of snow, followed by rain and boisterous wind from the east, and in the morning, frost. The return of the daylight revealed the ramblings of some most busy and mysterious animal, endowed with the power of ubiquity, as its footprints were to be seen in all sorts of unaccountable places on the tops of houses, narrow walls, in gardens and courtyards, enclosed by high walls and palings, as well as in the open fields. The creature seems to have frolicked about through Exmouth, Littleham, Limstone, Woodbury, Topsham, Starcross, Tainmouth. There is hardly a garden in Limstone where his footprints are not observable, and in his parish, he seems to have gambled about with inexpressible activity. Its tracks appear more like that of a biped than a quadruped, and the steps are generally eight inches in advance of each other, though in some cases twelve or fourteen, and are alternate like the step of a man, and would be included between two parallel lines six inches apart. The impression of the foot closely resembled that of a donkey's shoe, and measure from an inch and a half to, in some cases, two inches and a half across, here and there, appearing as if the foot was cleft. But in the generality of its step, the impression of the shoe was continuous and perfect. In the center, the snow remained entire, merely showing the outer crust of the foot, which therefore must have been convexed. The creature seems to have advanced to the doors of several houses, and then to have retraced its step, but no one is able to discern the starting and resting point of this mysterious visitor. Everyone is wondering, but no one is able to explain the mystery. The poor are full of superstition and consider it little short of a visit from old Satan or some of his hemp. In a few days, the story of the mysterious footprints was being reported in the local and national press. In particular, it made its way into the Illustrated London News, the enormously popular weekly by way of letter from a correspondent on the footmarks of the snow in Devon. It included additional information. The marks 
which appeared on the snow, which lay very thinly on the ground at the time, and which was seen on the Friday mornings, to all appearances were the perfect impression of a donkey's hoof, the length four inches by two three quarter inches. But instead of progressing as that animal would have done, or indeed as any other would have done, feet right and left, it appeared that foot had followed foot in a single line, the distance from its tread being eight inches or rather more, the footmarks in every parish being exactly the same size, and the steps the same length. This mysterious visitor generally only passed once down or across each garden or courtyard, and it saw in nearly all the houses in many parts of several towns above mentioned, as also in the farms scattered about. On all accounts, this seemed a one-off event, with nothing new appearing on the nights after. The tracks led to a feeling of unease in the local area, mainly when some opportunistic members of the clergy decided to proclaim them the work of the devil and a warning for locals to cease their sinning. The appearance of satanic footprints in Devon is not the only reporting of such a phenomenon, with a similar case being noted 15 years earlier in Scotland. As in Devon, the tracks appeared in the snow, with the footprints recorded as covering a sizable distance. The press was clear, however, that they believed them to be from an unknown animal rather than the work of Satan. Now, doing my research, I actually found an article from March 14, 1840, from Scotland, and it reads as follows. Among the high mountains of that elevated district, there have been met with several times during this and also the former winter. Upon the snow, the tracks of an animal seemingly unknown at present in Scotland. The print of the foot in every respect is an exact resemblance of that of a foal of considerable size. With the small difference, perhaps, that the sole seems a little longer or not so round. But as no one has had the good fortune as yet to have obtained a glimpse of this creature, nothing more can be said of its shape or dimensions. Only it has been remarked from the depth to which the feet sunk in the snow that it must be a beast of considerable size. It has also been observed that its walk is not like that of generality of quadrupeds, but that it is more like the bounding or limping of a hare when not scared or pursued. It is not in one locality, only that its tracks have been met with, but through a range of at least 12 miles. There were further reports of such footprints in Germany. There was one from as far away as the Kerguelen Islands in the southern Indian Ocean, yet another from Belgium in 1945 at the Chateau de Mauvais. Another further castle was noted in 1855 in Poland, and modern-day appearances of such footprints have also been reported in Devon and Scotland, likely by pranksters evoking the legends of the devil footprints case. Some appeared in 2009. The new Devon footprints were considerably different to those of 
the myth appearing in a single back garden and appearing different to those of legend. Scientists from the Center of 14 Zoology inspected them. Explanations for the original 1855 events are varied, and none entirely satisfy any of our questions. The author, Jeffrey Household, for example, suggests that a balloon may have been responsible. The experimental craft accidentally breaking free from its moorings at the nearby Devonport dockyard. Household contends that the mooring ropes of the balloon had shackles on the end which impacted into the ground. The affair being hushed up by the military when it became apparent that damage had been done to property over a massive distance. Others, however, suggested that wildlife was responsible for this. With the incident sparking the interest of naturalists, with the night of February 8th and into the morning of February 9th being unnaturally cold, you see, many animals were likely to have been in search of food. Raccoons, rats, swans, and otters have all been suggested as culprits. Writing just a month after the incident, the English biologist, comparative anatomists, and paleontologist Sir Richard Owen told that badgers were responsible. Yeah, badgers. Owen said that the badger is almost the only plantigrade quadruped in Britain, with his footprint being far more extensive than, than most people expect. You learn something new every day, I guess. The biologist would point out that while the badger sleeps a great deal in the winter, and does not hibernate, and being nocturnal occasionally comes out in the winter when faced with cold and hunger, he would speculate that more than one such creature was out foraging. Others preferred the theory of mice, with the historian Mike Dash pointing out that hopping rodents will make a print that resembles a cloven hoof. Through the positioning of the limbs when they make a jump, the theory was not new, with the Illustrated London News suggesting the same in March of 1855. The most interesting theory, however, was the claim that kangaroos might have been responsible. Writing in the same publication, the Reverend G.M. Musgrave claimed that he had received a report that kangaroos had escaped from a private zoo in the area and must indeed have been responsible. There was no follow-up to this claim, and Musgrave would later say he made it up in an attempt to alleviate the churchgoers' fears that the footprints had been the work of Satan. Whatever the case, today, 166 years after those Devon residents opened their doors and saw the foot tracks for the first time, were no more enlightened than they were then. Such is the lasting mystery of the curious case of the devil's footprints. So I'm curious, what do you think it was? To me, it sounds like it might have actually been the devil himself. Who knows? But I do find it very, very odd. But if you have some theories and you would like to discuss on a later episode, you can always shoot us an email at not another horror podcast at yahoo.com. That's all I have for you this week. Now we're going to be taking a break and coming back the week after next. So until then, 
Stay safe. Stay sane. See you later.